You're listening to an exclusive soundbite series brought to you by Wired for Wonder, a proud innovation by Combank and The Moment HQ. Prepare yourself as we take you on a mini journey to reignite your curiosity, foster wonderment, and send creativity bustling through your veins. Hello and welcome to the Wide for Wonder and the Moment HQ Soundbite series. I'm your host, Monica Cade. Joining me today is Dandapani, a Hindu priest, speaker on self-development and an entrepreneur. Of Sri Lankan ancestry, he grew up in Australia and after graduating university with a degree in electrical engineering, he left it all behind to become a Hindu monk. For 10 years, he lived a life of serious personal discipline, training at a monastery in Hawaii. When his vows expired eight years ago, he made New York City his home. Determined to live and practice everything, he teaches in the most invigorating and challenging city in the world. He works with a variety of individuals, companies, and organizations around the world, conducting training through workshops, retreats, and exclusive coaching circles. So let's dive in. Hi, Dandapani. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. So for those who've attended Wide for Wonder, this may serve as a refresh. And for those who didn't, could you tell us why practicing mindfulness is an important part of our lives? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things people always say their lives are so busy. And the honest fact is we're not actually busy. You know, I remember saying that to a really good friend of mine who's a very successful entrepreneur in Germany. And I said to him one day many years ago, I'm just so busy. And he looked at me and he said, you're not busy. You just have misguided priorities. Mm. And and to me, that really struck a chord because if you really look at it, most people are so distracted that they can't focus. And the reason they can't focus primarily is one is they've never learned to concentrate. And second is they don't practice concentration. And because you don't learn it and you don't practice it, you're never good at it. Mm. And mindfulness actually comes out of concentration. And that's the thing that people don't understand. People talk about practicing mindfulness, but I always tell people you can't practice mindfulness. Mindfulness comes as a byproduct of practicing concentration because to be mindful is to be observant, mm-hmm. right? To be, to be aware of your surroundings. That is not something you practice, but it's a state that comes as a byproduct of being a concentrated person. So people can't, are not mindful because they can't concentrate. And when they can't concentrate, primarily also because one, they've never learned how to do it. And second is they've just got misguided priorities. They feel like they need to do a million things a day, which they don't. Mm. So I'm sure there's a couple of people listening and that are saying to themselves, oh, no, I've got all these things to do and I am busy and I, I, I just don't have the time. So what would you suggest to someone that feels like they have a lot of misguided priorities? I would say simplify, constantly simplify your, your life to the best people or the most important people and the most important things mm-hmm. to you. And that's what I do all the time. I live in New York City. You know, I, I love New York City. At the same time, it's a crazy city and there's so much going on. I, I travel all around the world. I speak. I, I meet so many people in my life. I have so many projects going on. But I'm constantly, the one thing I'm doing is I'm constantly simplifying my life and simplifying the number of people in my life. And one, one way to look at it is that every year you have more people in your life. That's a fair statement, right? Mm-hmm. And you so-called have more Facebook friends even, right? <laughs> every year there's an increase. But if you look at the amount of energy you have, it doesn't increase proportionately every year. Mm. 
right? Sure. If your energy was increasing proportionately every year in accordance in relative to the number of things and people in your life, then we don't need to have this conversation, but your energy level is probably the same or maybe getting less each year. So then it doesn't work. It's just being diluted. So simplify. I would say just simplify. Look at your life and ask yourself who doesn't need to be in it and what doesn't need to be in it. And if you really looked at it and what's important, you'll see that so many things and so many people don't really need to be in your life. Mm. The fewer people you have, the fewer things you have in your life, the more energy you can give those things and people, the more energy you give those things and people, the greater the relationships that are born out of that. And then the byproduct of that is happiness. Mm. At the end of the day, if you ask people what they want, they say, most people answer, I want to be happy, mm. right? So true. And I think it's important to add to what you're saying in letting go of some of those people or things. It's not that you're letting go of the things that make you happy. In fact, you're creating more space to bring more of the thing that you love into your life. Exactly. We never evaluate, right? How many people go through a thorough process of evaluating, for example, the people in their life. But, you know, when you want to book a hotel for your holiday, you go and read reviews on TripAdvisor and, you know, you buy a cup of coffee, you go like, oh, good cup of coffee. Oh, it's terrible. Never buy coffee here again. You know, yeah. you buy clothing, there's dressing rooms where you can put your clothes on, you can test it to make sure it fits. We review pretty much everything in our life and then we evaluate and we decide but we never do that with people in our life. We just keep welcoming everybody into our life. <clears throat> but our energy level is the same. And then it gets diluted among a thousand people instead of a hundred people. And then nothing really grows in our life. And we don't have meaningful relationships. And some of these people consume tremendous amount of energy. So I think once you start this process of evaluating people and things in your life and being mindful when you learn to concentrate, then you can really focus your energy into those few people and few things. And you have much a much more rewarding life as, a, as an outcome of this. Would you say that having a meditation practice supports creativity? Yes, I would say so, because when you meditate, at least in the tradition that I was trained in, uh, the whole idea is to take awareness is from a conscious state of mind to move it through the subconscious and, and deeper into the mind, into what we call the superconscious region of the mind, where intuition, creativity, deeper spiritual experiences come from. So the whole goal of meditation is to, to really move your awareness to that refined area of the mind. But in order to do that, which, which that process actually does cultivate creativity and intuition and all that good stuff, we actually need to learn how to concentrate first. Concentration first, then meditation, not meditation, then concentration. And this is something I get all the time, Monica. People come up to me and go, you know, Dandapani, if... Do you think if I meditated, I'd be, I'd be good. I'd start to get good at concentration. Mm -hmm. My answer is always no. You you learn to concentrate first, and then you meditate. Meditation doesn't help you to become good at concentration. Mm -hmm. So for the listeners, what's one yeah. thing that they could do to practice their concentration? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I, I would say practice doing one thing at a time. You know, multitasking is a myth, and you can even Google that and, and look online and see all these researchers coming out of universities and different places talking about how the mind cannot do two things at one time. So just practice doing one thing at a time. When you're speaking with someone, give them your undivided attention. When you meet up with someone for a coffee or a glass of wine, don't put your phone on the table. Put your phone away in your, in your purse or in your pocket and give the person in front of you, the person you're sitting with, your undivided attention. And if you practice doing one thing at a time throughout the day, 
you actually practice in concentration. Mm-hmm. And then after practicing for six, seven, eight hours a day, six days a week or seven days a week after six months, you become good at it. But you can only become good at it if you practice it. So you can't expect to sit down for five minutes and pretend to meditate and then the rest, the remaining 23 hours and 55 minutes a day, run around like a squirrel and then hope that you can be concentrated because you meditated for five minutes in the morning. Mm. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly right. And also I've noticed, you know, concentration, you mentioned, you know, just when you're with someone else, I think it's important for people to also apply it when they're by themselves. So for example, I know like, for example, just making a cup of tea, like be there making that cup of tea, not thinking what you have to next do after that. And it's just when you break it down each step of each moment of each day, that six or eight hours that you just mentioned before doesn't seem so overwhelming because you're just going moment by moment. Exactly. And that's really the trick, right? For me, what I always tell to people, take the tool or take the practice and insert it into a reoccurring event throughout the day. So during the day, you speak to people, you make a cup of coffee, you you make your bed, you know, you brush your teeth, insert the practice into all these tasks. And then throughout the day, you gain practice. So if I wanted to become a good piano player, what would you say to me? First, I have to learn how to play the piano. Then you tell me to practice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I asked you, how much should I practice? Then you may ask me, well, how good do you want to be? Mm. Do you want to just play for your grandmother or do you want to play for Juilliard? Yeah. You know, so if you want to play for your grandma, maybe half an hour a day is enough. But if you want to <laughs> play for Juilliard, it might be eight hours a day. So yeah. if you want to be good at concentration, you need to practice it throughout the day. And the more you practice, the better you become at it. But don't expect to be good at concentration if you're not even striving to practice it in the first place. So now tell us, once the listeners practice their concentration, how does meditation come into it? Because when you can concentrate, you can meditate. And we need to define what meditation is, right? And everybody defines meditation differently. And for me, at least in the tradition that I was trained in, we define meditation, uh, one way you could say define, we define meditation is having a meeting with your energy. So if you look at your daily life, energy is always flowing out of us to people and things around us. My question is, when was the last time you had a meeting with your energy? Mm. Right? We have meetings in the workplace with our employees, with our team. We have meetings in the sports field, on a, on a basketball court, a soccer field. Teams get off, gather around the coach. They have meetings. We have meetings all the time. Families have meetings. Couples have meetings. But meditation is pulling all your energy in systematically through a systematic process into a central location, concentrating it on an agenda, on a goal. And every meditation needs a goal. But in order to pull all your energy and concentrate it, you need to learn how to concentrate. And if you can't concentrate, you can't do that. And once you've gathered all your energy to a central location and you can focus it on a goal, you can actually develop your goal in meditation, whether it's to be more kind or more loving or to be more intuitive, to be more creative, to understand deeper business ideas, whatever it may be. You need to be able to concentrate all that energy in one place. So like to say, you know, for example, Monica, you, you have a business and you have 50 employees. And if you want to have a meeting, you need to get all of them into a meeting room mm-hmm. or on a conference call in one place and then share with them what the agenda is, right? Sure. And meditation is the same way. Look at it as you're pulling all your energy back when it's throughout the day, just going out to people and things scattered all over all of the place throughout the day, you're pulling all this energy back to central location and then you're having a very clear goal 
of what to focus that energy on again. Mm. And you're doing this regularly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Again, it comes back to the practice, like with the concentration. And it's such a beautiful analogy as well, having a meeting with your energy. I think just listening to that in itself kind of creates a sense of stillness in the body. And I think also for the people that are more, you know, picture driven in their minds, that's a very beautiful visual that they can pull up as well. Yeah, I, I work with companies all over the world and, you know, I always ask them, do you have meetings? And they say, yeah, we have meetings all day long. Yeah. And I said, what What if you didn't have a meeting? What would happen to your company? They said, like, I would fall apart, yeah. you know? Yeah. We just need to get everybody back on the same page. Everybody knows what they want to do, but, you know, after a day or two, people get distracted, things come up. So we get everybody to get to, back together again in one place. We focus them on the goal and then we send them back out to work again. And basically, you're doing the same thing with your energy. You kind of know what you want to do in life, and then, oh, well, most some people do, and then you go out to do it. And then after a day, you get distracted with calls and emails and things around going around you. So then you have a meeting with your energy. You pull all the energy back again to a central location. You say, okay, this is what we want to focus on in life. Remember this. Mm. And then you go out and you invest your energy back out again. But you need to repeat that process. Because imagine a, a sports team or a company that never had a meeting. It's just you couldn't imagine that. It just wouldn't happen. Mm, exactly. It's a great illustration of how we've just got to bring it back to ourselves in each moment and and from there we can achieve so much more. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. All right. Just before we finish up, I'd love to ask you, what do you love about Wired for Wonder? Oh, very good question. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, this was my third White for Wonder. Mm-hmm. I've been so uh, honored and privileged to be invited back three times. Yeah. And I think one of the things I really love about it is the, the diversity of the speakers and areas that we're exploring. I mean, you've got astronauts, you've got amazing scientists, you have artists, you have writers, and then you've got like a Hindu priest thrown in there. I mean, it's just like a mixed bag of everything. Yeah, and, totally. And it's... Yeah, and it's quite often you go to, like, I speak at a lot of conferences and, you know, it's like either all about accounting or all about tech mm-hmm. or marketing. But when you go to the White for one day and you go like, wow, this is just like all over the place. But which is really great because what it does is it really expands your mind to to really to so many different horizons, which is what I really love about it. And I always look forward. And a lot of events when I go to and I speak, I, I don't stay the entire two days and listen to every single speaker because yeah. then, you know, I just get tiring after a while. Mm-hmm. But with Wired for One Day, I almost stay and listen to every single speaker because mm. it's just so fascinating being there. Yeah. And you yeah. learn something different every year. I've also been for oh, the last totally. three years. Like you just yeah. walk away. And even if you've, like, I know I've seen you speak a couple of times and a few of the other speakers, but each year you go and you hear something differently and you take away something new yeah and in so many different areas of life right which is what i really love you know it's just not focusing on one aspect of like you know marketing or accounting or this or that and and this just opens your eyes to so many possibilities which is what i love and i think it really goes with the theme of just wide for wonder you know it's really that amaze you and stretch your mind and think beyond what you normally think about definitely that wraps up our time now but thank you so much for chatting with us it was a real pleasure oh thank you monica i really appreciate it all right take care you too